Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of EdgeGuard Podcast, a podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. My name is Jordan. I'm one of your two co-hosts, and uh, I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Blake. I am also one of your two co-hosts. The other one. Um, yes, one of two. Um, so we are doing something a little bit different today. So we mentioned this in our last episode, but today we're trying out a slightly different uh, format. So um, it's something we've been thinking about for a while, but we're going to be, instead of talking about one single game that we played, um, we're kind of be going to be synthesizing a, uh, a trend that we've noticed in, um, in the kind of uh, crosses multiple games that we've played for the podcast. So um, this time the trend is sort of unified around a, a mechanic. Um, I think that's kind of how we're imagining this uh, segment. Although we may, yeah, I don't um, want to. That, that's box not this a, that's in. not a commitment. Um, we may have other uh, types of trends, but um, in in this uh, episode, we're going to be talking about uh, the photo game or or games in which taking uh, photographs and having a a camera. Uh, make up some large or maybe even the central uh, part of the game mechanics. And we'll talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that um, uh, more in a second. But the idea is just that it's going to be talking about multiple games that we've played for the podcast and then also kind of linking them to broader trends in uh, indie game design and also game design uh, in general. And um, and it doesn't, I guess this uh, segment doesn't have a name yet, but uh, Edgeguard no. Trends... Uh, uh, I don't know about trends. I, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to say the cursed word, which is the first thing I said was uh, uh edgeguard seminar. <laughs> and Jordan, yes. Jordan reacted viscerally to uh, the, ter- I think it's better than trends. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, we could definitely, we could definitely do edgeguard seminar. I mean, all right, whatever uh, it's, <laughs> we're doing it, it. I mean, like all, like all names that uh-huh. stick you didn't actually pick them they Listen, emerge i mean they emerge organically happened. independently of the desires of the exactly. people using them i mean same thing <laughs> happened with the name of this podcast it was kind of like that here's an idea and then it was kind of like, like that, once you say it enough times it's like yeah, well yeah, i guess i mean that's better than than trying to figure out something else i don't know man <laughs> yeah I, you know what i think that's how language works you know yeah, Once it know. sticks, then it just is in your mind and people use it and it has a meaning and there you go. Yeah, I know. Name your weird deep indie game podcast after a <laughs> Super Smash Bros. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, for this uh, this first Edgeguard seminar, uh, TM, uh, we are talking As about- a matter of fact, it is not TM, but- You don't know yet. yet. Listen, <laughs> I've got the paperwork. TM pending. I just need TM to pending. finish it. Um <laughs> Uh, right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think um, I had the idea for this uh, first special topic, not to toot my own horn or anything, but it was a pretty good idea. It came up by me. But uh, no, I'm kidding. But what happened was um, last summer during all the. Oh, God, was it last summer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. La- the, the summer that just passed, uh, you know, there was the events around that were definitely not E3, uh, you know, the big gaming news thing. And there were a few. Um, there were a lot of like, oh, the PC games show, the indie games show. And I, the thing I noticed is that there were a frightening amount of indie games where photography was advertised as like the primary mechanic or a big part of the mechanics. And then I was kind of thinking about it. I was like, 
you know what, like three or honestly, maybe almost four years ago at this point, we played Levedad, um, which was kind of like the first photography game that we played for this podcast. And then over the years that we've done it, we've played a few more games where photography was either um, a significant element or like basically the whole game. Uh, mm-hmm. And then now it seems it's kind of gone from like the weirdo itchio indie space that we've been hanging out in to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, sort of larger publisher backed indie games and even some indie games that are still small, but have the sort of they have money behind them. It's, you know, instead of just being free games on itch. Um, and so I was like, hmm, I wonder why that is. And then uh, in thinking about it and talking about it, also kind of like drawing a line between the uh, ubiquity of AAA photo modes, which are definitely a different thing. But I think in conversation with, you know, the desire to capture digital worlds photographically or in something like a photograph. Um, So that's what brought us to do this episode. Um, Jordan, do you want to talk a little bit about the history of, uh, of photography games? Uh, yes. And emphasis on little. Uh, so (laughs) yeah, so we were, we were kind of, um, doing, doing research for this and trying to find as many kind of examples of recent games to do this. And we, we got curious as to the origins of, uh, of, of using, uh, photographs in games and, um, two early examples that we thought we just mentioned because they're very, um, uh, kind of amusing. Um, so (laughs) a, a lot of, sort of histories of the photo game will cite uh, this Japanese game um, for the PC engine. There's a, there's a deep Classic. cut as far as platforms go. Real bad. Uh, Gekibo, uh, Gekisha boy, which is, um, uh, yeah, it's about uh, taking photographs. Um, I, I get the impression you're kind of like sort of a tourist or something like this, but um uh, it's described as an action uh, photography game, so it is. Yeah, it looks like uh, it looks like a like a light gun game uh, where you're like, you know, you know what a light gun game where you're like, yeah, yeah, like a uh, duck hunter. Yeah, except for uh, <laughs> instead of that, you're just like moving the the crosshair of your camera around to take pictures of little things mm-hmm. as your guy walks across the screen. Oh, yeah. I'm watching a video right now and he's taking a picture of a lady who appears to be changing through the window. Oh, her underwear just fell out the window. Oh, oh no. Oh <laughs> no. I think that's what that is. Um, <laughs> yeah. So maybe you're like supposed to be a paparazzi or something like that. I think the idea is it's kind of like you're, I mean, based on the way his face is drawn, I can't help but think that you're supposed yeah. to be some sort of skeevy McSkeeverson. Yeah. Based on um, what I'm seeing, you're just a horny little boy with a camera, but <laughs> who can lovely, say? Lovely. Um, okay. Anyways, <laughs> uh, and then another game uh, kind of following a similar uh, a trend is 1995 uh, FMV game uh, called Paparazzi. And it may be a little bit of a stretch to really describe this as a photo game because um, you, you know, the set of photos you can take is uh, fairly uh, limited because, um, you know, it's FMV. There has to be <laughs> recorded uh, footage <laughs> to uh enable the scenes so it's really more just about paparazzis than it is about uh doing it and then you know the game that really kind of crystallizes this uh, mechanic in this genre is the one everyone knows pokemon snap in 1999 so um 
you know, this is the one that I think uh, most people will all, know. I would most say. people will know, and I think in one way or another, um, all photo games are kind of, if nothing else, bouncing off of. Mm. Um, uh, and we can maybe talk a little bit about uh, specific ways that is the case uh, later on. But uh, yeah, so it's come a long way as a as a mechanic, and I think kind of one of the the things we've we've sort of uh, been talking about in preparing for this episode is that it's gone from a sort of niche thing that um, uh, it's gone from a niche thing to a sort of um, ancillary mechanic in all AAA games. And that's kind of where we've uh, ended up today. It's like every, you know, big game um, just has a photo mode. Right. Uh, so we've gone from, uh, you know, weird paparazzi games to that. Right. And, and there's sort of there's sort of two or there's a few different schools of thought. But I would say like the the two uh, like major or the, the major split, I would say, is like a game with a photo mode or a game where there is a um, I guess it would diegetic be the right word, like a camera that is a part of the character, like the character pulls out a camera and you yeah. have the camera on you. So I not think, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. That, You're not, that, he that would have be a pretty funny though. If you just like whipped out a camera, <laughs> and <started> taking pictures <laughs> in like ancient play. Greece or whatever, <laughs> or you just have a, uh, you know, like cinema obscura. You're like, all right, I can take a photo, but I have to take everything back to this dark room with the pin. <laughs> pinhole. <laughs> No, you just, you just um, have a painter that follows you around. Isn't that a gag in Hercules? Yeah, uh, I think that sounds right. <laughs> um, uh, but but well, anyway, I, so oh, go ahead. I was going to say, um, yes, I agree with that that distinction, sort of diegetic, non-diegetic camera. And then I would, within uh, diegetic camera, I would even um, divide it further um, into like... Um, a photo as a way of affecting the world and photo mm. as a way of um just taking pictures cuz i think um the you know po- pokemon snap is kind of the most famous and perhaps also most extreme version of the photograph being a a sort of like gamey challenge that you have to oh sure com- complete you know you have to get xyz pokemon in your picture Often you have to get them in certain uh, poses or situations, and then the challenge is figuring out how to do that, and it's sort of like a, a puzzle. And then I think a lot of the games that we've played for the podcast that have uh, photography as a main mechanic, it's really just more about the photograph as an end in itself, or right, m- or maybe sometimes like sharing it with the other players or the sort of larger community. But it is about producing a good picture not necessarily um about you know completing a challenge right it's uh this sort of second class of game uh is one where you're sort of taking i mean you're really what you're doing is simulating the art of photography right like trying to take an interesting photo for no reason other than i want to make a photo that is interesting or you know Mm -hmm. a lot of them have sharing mechanics and I, i feel like it's very common for uh, games that have photography in them to um, either save files directly to your computer um, so that you can uh, share them however you want, 
or to have some sort of built-in, like I believe Levedad had a had a built-in thing where you could upload um, your images to uh, like a shared archive where you yeah. could go look at other people's images. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do I do agree that there's kind of like I mean honestly like something like Pokemon Snap and that sort of like photography games of that ilk, which I feel like uh until we started doing this podcast that would definitely be like what i thought of as a photography when you think game. of photography game yeah totally yeah uh is kind of more like i mean kind of like the comparison i was drawing with uh gekibo is like it, your your camera's basically a gun you know what i mean like yeah, uh, yeah in totally. that the way that you're affecting or the way you're interacting with the world uh with a camera doesn't really have anything to do with it being a camera it mostly has to do with like timing it out and aiming it at the right spot, um, which can be a fun, interesting challenge. I think Pokemon snap uh, is a great example of uh, because I know there, I mean, it's been a long time since I played that original game. I know there's a new one that came out like this year or last year, but I haven't played it. Um, I know you're like throwing fruit and you're like trying to, you can, there are a few (laughs) things you can do to like manipulate the state of the game world to try and get pictures. But then a lot of the time it's also just a matter of, uh, you know, timing and aiming your camera in the right spot, yeah. uh, which is, a, which has a very uh, different feel from Levedad where you're like, mm-hmm. you know, setting the exposure time and, uh, you know, like yeah. filming cars as they go by with a long exposure, like you might with a real camera, you know, there's like simulation. I mean, there's a, there's a depth of simulation of like the, the camera technology, you know what I mean? That, uh, is another yeah. element that um, that we'll talk yes. about. I think it's yeah. I, I like your description of the the sort of Pokemon Snap version as it's basically um, a gun because you know for all intents and purposes it is not. Um, it's almost like doing you know trick shots in uh, <laughs> the the challenge actually feels very similar to the Hitman Sniper mini game. Um, that is very true. <laughs> You yeah. know, because in the same way in that one, you're trying to manipulate the world in this secondhand way in order to make mm. everyone line up in the right way. And yeah. then uh, and then you're trying to point your crosshairs at them and take a picture. So there's I, there's not quite as much like shooting a guy and having his body like ragdoll into a pool. Not quite. You know, it's not, not quite as quite the same. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. And, well, you listen, know, it occurs to me, it- this is a bit of a side note, but. You know, Pokemon Snap was released pretty early in the Pokemon franchise, and mm. it occurs to me that um, the early way they were imagining Pokemon, where it's really, a, I, you know, the inspiration was uh, was bug collecting, was the uh, the the sort of the I think one or maybe actually several of the creators said um, hmm. the the idea came from you know collecting bugs as a kid, where it's like which ones can you find, and then you put them on display. Show them and, to your friends um, and make them fight. <laughs> and then uh, Pokemon Snap is is also has that sort of collecting vibe because it's like, I, sure. you know, how many Charmander pictures can I collect? So yeah. uh, that's, um, yeah, something interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, you know, something like uh, I, we have a few different games that we played that were, you know, uh, sort of more photography as know photography in-game photography as the art of photography uh levy dad was a big one um explore kyoto's red gates which you know if you'll remember is the game where you explore kyoto's red gates oh is that fushimi, what you fushimi nari shrine in um in kyoto and you just walk i mean that whole game is just 
walk around this environment, take pictures that look pretty. And I believe it had a, like sort of a film grain effect that it put on your images and that kind of thing. Um, and then also, I mean, Dear Future had an element of um, of photography. It was kind of a side thing. Um, Tales from Off Peak City, I will say, also has a really robust um, or a, a pretty robust photo mode. And I believe uh, Julian Cordero, who made um, Levedad, helped out Cosmo mm-hmm. D with that with that photo uh, with the camera again. And and then in that game, it's sort of a side mechanic, but you know you're capturing that world and it does have um if i remember correctly there's like different film types that you can do to you know have different effects on your film and uh you know you're you're editing or you're not editing you're you're changing camera settings uh beyond you know zooming and aiming right like framing and zooming which i think sort of brings us to a, a next sort of like differentiating factor which is like what is the level of uh simulation of uh, actual of features of a camera, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, I think I think something that's interesting about our modern world is that we all have really advanced cameras that we just carry around, but they're advanced in a very specific way. In that they're they're made, they're designed to make taking pictures that look pretty good really easy. But you don't have in most like cell phone cameras, uh, you know, you're not changing f stops, you're not changing lenses, you're not changing exposure you're not you're not you're not setting exposure time you know all of these things that are you know big pieces of uh you know photography and even cinematography that you know you don't have on your phone because you're you're tapping to on stuff to make it focus on that and then (laughs) and then you're letting it go and you know they do have the sort of like uh fake bokeh you know like uh or not fake, I guess, um, simulated bokeh effects to try and get like depth of field. Uh, but that's, that's a very different thing. Anyway, this is a weird tangent. (laughs) All this to say, uh, several of the game, you know, um, each different game is going to have a different level, uh, or different, um, elements of camera technology that are simulated and presented. And I think Mm -hmm. those, um, have a lot of interesting, uh, implications in terms of gameplay because partially it's like okay well what is your game about is your if your game is about the art of photography uh turns out having those settings i feel like is pretty important because mm-hmm. they're parts of the real world yeah. uh you know art of photography whereas if uh you know photos are just a sort of side mechanic then it's you know not as important or if you're just trying to you know do the pokemon snap thing you know <laughs> You don't yeah. really have the time to sit there. <laughs> well, yeah, Pokemon with Snap, you're also like time constrained. So yeah, imagine yeah, that I, though. Imagine in Pokemon Snap, you're like, all right, I got to make sure my my exposure's right, and I got I got to make sure that it's in. <laughs> that would be see now that would be an interesting challenge. Is like you have a timing challenge, but it's not necessarily just about like aiming at it. It's like you got to have your your settings figured out on your camera. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. You got to have the depth of the focus set up. Interesting so is pick. an interesting choice of words to describe I what that think, would be like. <laughs> I think. I mean, it would probably be really hard, but I think it could be. I mean, listen, we could play it for this podcast and be extremely frustrated by it. I could foresee that happening. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, totally. So, um, yeah, I think that, um, so just kind of looking back through the photo games we've played through the podcast, I think definitely Levedad is the one that, um, you know, at least at my initial memory is the one that's kind of most interested in, 
like depth of uh, camera functionality. Um, and I think that one was really interesting for, um, I, th I think a lot of games that, that have uh, photography as a main mechanic, what they really are trying to do is um, have, what it's really about is um, allowing you a little more control over the way you uh, experience the the level design, right? It's it's really not about mm. taking photographs. It's about uh, the fact that this um, this is a game about looking. So you better, you know, make sense to be allowed to uh, right. take pictures of it. And I think Dear Future is kind of in this category. Like, um, mm. you know, it is a really just stunningly stunning world visually. So the camera, you know, it's a game about looking. And so it's also a game about uh, taking pictures. But Levedad really is a game about taking pictures. It's not really right. just about looking. It really is about like how many, um, how much sort of um, ludic interest can we get out of sure. the, out of the, the, you know, the actual sorts of um, things you think about when taking a picture, like exposure and that sort of thing. Right. Um, right. And I, I go ahead. Uh, that, that was it. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I like, I like the, your, your point about, um, you know, photography being about looking and, uh, you know, having intricately designed environments and saying, okay, just look at them. And I think a game that exemplifies that point extremely well, and maybe you were teeing me up for this is Umarangi generation, a game that I had played yeah. and I told you, if we're going to talk about photography games, you have to play Umarangi Generation. And I did. I haven't finished it, but I played through four of the levels. So Right. Because it's it's a slightly, I'll say, it's a slightly more like commercial game than we normally play for this podcast. But I would say it's still a pretty small game. I don't think yeah. it was a game that was wildly popular. Um, but... Umarangi is interesting because I think it has it has a more sophisticated uh, technical uh, like camera elements like exposure time uh, mm -hmm. in in the camera mechanics. However, I would say it falls into the category you're describing of a looking game. Like it, it's a game where the reason you're taking pictures is primarily as a way to get you to look at every corner of the environment to try and find yeah. all the secrets. So, well, the, so the, one of the things I find so interesting about Umarangi is it really does a little bit, I think you're right in describing its main sort of thrust, but right. it, it really has all of the things we've talked about so far. Totally. Because it yeah. also it also has the the sort of gamey, I mean, I think le much less artificial than, than uh, the Pokemon Snap level of, of gaminess, but it um it, it has these bounties which I found quite fun where it, it you are are given these like really specific and and often when you read them um you know they're quite confusing like take a picture of the word right. gamer seven times in one picture and you're like well how the hell would how I, the hell am I accomplish that? that and and then it's such a provocative prompt that you're like okay I need to go now explore the world and there's just, it's really fun because it, um, one, it like narratively prompts you to explore the world. Like where the hell am I that I'm going to find the word gamer seven times. But then also right. it like makes you think about the level design in a really um, like spatial way. Cause you're like, 
okay, where can I stand so that right. I, can, I can fit seven of these in? And it, um, yeah, so it, it's kind of both the looking thing, as you you were going to say, um, and then also the sort of like game challenge thing. Right, and and I think even further, um, for me, that game also becomes, okay, once I figure out the the angle I can be looking at stuff, how do I turn it into an inter- like a visually interesting photograph or can I turn it into an right, interesting yeah. visually photograph? And to me, that starts to incorporate other elements we've been talking about. Uh, all of this is, you know, my way of saying Umarangi Generation, in my opinion, the most fully realized photo photography game that I've mm-hmm. played. Um, yeah, because it because the thing the thing about Umarangi is that it makes me feel like it makes me want to buy a camera and it it, it makes you, it makes you look at the environments in the world in a way of like, okay, how does this inspire me visual? Like there's, it's so visually interesting and there's so many different angles at it. It just begs you to like, even beyond the, uh, you know, the, the explicit objectives to just like point your camera at something and be like, wow, that looks interesting. Let me frame it like this and uh, get the the sort of depth effect. And uh, mm-hmm. I think I think it 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 lends itself really well to that. So it it kind of plays into you know almost yeah. everything we've talked about to varying degrees. Yeah, um, totally. I, and, I think and, and they feed into each other, right? Like it yeah. starts by saying like, hey, here are these weird objectives that you're going to read and not understand. So you really have to like observe the environment, mm-hmm. and in doing so, you're going to absorb the story and narrative of what's going on here, which is also really interesting and cool. Um, and then as you're doing that, if as they're also, you know, slowly doling out, you know, different lenses for your camera and they're adding different uh, features to your camera mm-hmm. so that you're yeah. slowly in, you know, building up your toolbox of ways to create interesting images. Yeah. I think how I would put it succinctly is Umarangi generation is the first photo game that manages to be both about photos and game, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, true. It's like, it's like most photo games either are, and not, I don't even mean this as a critique. Like most of them are either about, uh, you know, a, they're, they're really first person games that are, you know, it's a kid's game. So you can't be shooting the Pokemon. Um, <laughs> or, they are uh, games that are really about kind of looking um, uh, or photography, but not really super quote unquote gamey. But but uh, yeah, Umarangi figured out how to be both. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a first of all, uh, I encourage you to finish the game because uh, yeah, I, I definitely will. It. It's good, and I encourage all, all our listeners to play it. I won't spoil any of the fun circuits of that game, mostly because Jordan hasn't got to them yet, so. Yeah, uh, he can't talk about them, but that game's got a lot of cool stuff going on. Yeah, it's well it's, worth your time. It's very interesting. I think I um, it I, I feel like everything in the game kind of feeds into everything else very well. Like the level design makes you want to explore um, and exploring helps you solve the uh, puzzles. Um, yeah, I just think it's really it's, it's good. Yeah, it, it, it is. I can't help but agree. My um, only critique, which is not even really a critique, is the uh, optional challenges are too gamey, but they're optional, so it's not a critique. <laughs> they're optional, you know? yeah. I was, <laughs> I, you mentioned that, and I was like, you said something about the money system, and I'm like, I never once 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? You probably don't need to. But maybe there's some yeah. player that that's their thing. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the thing for people who, you know, just love the game so much that they just want to have an extra excuse to spend more time in it. Sure, um, sure. That kind of thing. Um, okay, I wanna I wanna I wanna switch gears to something that we kind of alluded to earlier, which is AAA photo modes or or sort of the the way these photography games are in conversation with you know mm-hmm. huge you know big budget uh, you know games that come out, which is that you know kind of alongside this trend of you know indie games that are like really taking photography as a, a mechanic to center your game around, uh, you know it's become more and more uh, commonplace. I mean, virtually every new game that comes out for PlayStation has a pretty advanced photo mode in it um, and many other AAA games. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd be, I'd be interested to like look back at like some of the biggest releases of this year and see how many of them have a photo mode because my guess is it would be more than 50%. Um, yeah, that seems plausible to me, but, but I could be wrong. I mean, does I, I don't think Fortnite has a photo, mo- photo mode. I don't know. Yeah, that. I mean, what are we, what are we counting as like how realized does it have to be to be a photo mode? Like if it lets you take screenshots without the, the, uh, like UI, does I would, that count? <laughs> I would say you have to be able to move the camera. Okay. Moving the camera. Cause certainly, cause so this is maybe getting ahead of a, a little bit, but it mm-hmm. occurs to me that, you know, so one of the things we wanted to talk about was, you know, why now? Why why is the right, photo mode right. having such a renaissance? And I think one thing you're going to talk about is the technical reasons, which we can come back to. But another thing that occurred to me is, you know, it's because designers, uh, developers want you to share pictures of their game. Like that's just sure, such a huge, totally. a huge part of gaming culture now is like, you know, with the rise of, of Twitch and to a lesser degree, just like YouTube, but also just like people sharing clips of gameplay or, or screenshots of gameplay on something like Reddit. I think that's just a huge part of gaming culture. It's something that people, you know, want. It's something that a lot of people will like look for when they're deciding whether or not to, to buy a game is like, oh, I just want to see someone else's, you know, a little sure. bit of someone else's experience to see if it seems interesting to me. And so, um, you know, there's an obvious uh, incentive then to, um, make it easy uh, and make to to do that to create your own screen right. grabs and also to make them look good. <laughs> so um, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Is you know basically crowdsource your marketing. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think building upon that idea, I mean, starting even with like the last generation of consoles, um, meaning like PlayStation Four, uh, Xbox, Xbox One was the last. <laughs> See, the problem with Xbox is the names are so convoluted that I don't remember. <laughs> yes, um, that but, is you know, problem. they have and like Nintendo Switch, they have dedicated sharing buttons for the reasons you specifically stated. Yeah. But I think yeah. I think that sort of predates, I think, having system level screenshot functionality and having uh, system level, you know, sharing functionality is the sort of precursor to photo modes because sure, sure. when, when this is suddenly, the more specific version of it, <laughs> right, right. When suddenly, uh, you know, when players already have a button that they can hit to take a picture of any frame of your game at all, uh, then suddenly it becomes like, well, if we give them some more advanced tools, then they can really make something really pretty. And then yeah. having that, having that screenshot button just makes it, 
that much easier to, you know, take a I mean, like on PlayStation, you can hit you hit the button and it's like, all right, do you want to record the last 10 minutes that you've been playing? And, you know, there are, you know, it's hooked into APIs so you can, you know, post it on Twitter. You can edit it right in the console, you know, uh, interface and then put it on Twitter you know, all while the game is, uh, you know, stopped behind the, you know, the interface of the console, and then you can get right back into the game. You can post it to Twitter. Like you can do all these things to share. And so I think you're, I think you're totally spot on that. Like that is a great reason for developers to say like, Mm -hmm. Hey, if we can put in an interface inside our game to say, here's a really cool, really inspiring image, you know, share it, man. And um, that, yeah. that sort of uh, brings me to why the sort of like technical uh, reasons uh, why developers would be interested in this, which is, uh, first of all, that in the AAA space, like visuals are uh, maybe fetishized is too, too strong a word. But, you know, it's like a big thing of like every, mm-hmm. you know, it's like our graphics are the realest. It looks so real yeah. and amazing. And yes, you know, there's a huge amount of, of, of technical effort put into making games look really good. Uh, you know, be that, you know, good from a realism perspective or good just from, you know, there, there's a million different ways to define what makes a game look good. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's like, we're investing all these resources into making our game look extremely good why would we not give people more ways to share the way our game looks extremely good or yeah, to, totally. or to zoom in on ways that aren't possible in the normal gameplay of our game, especially for like yeah. third person games where you're zoomed really far back. Uh, and then an even a, a sort of more of a, um, I don't know, inside baseball, I guess maybe way to <laughs> think about it is that, uh, you know, games already have so much in common with, uh, with, movies and that they you know take place a game has a camera like we have this understanding that like the reason you can see your character running around a third person game is because there's a can camera behind them following them through the world and this is exactly totally true like in game development you are using a virtual camera that often Mm -hmm. has settings that correlate one-to-one with settings in a real camera so you know it's like you you any game engine, any 3d game engine is already going to have a virtual camera. That's probably quite sophisticated. Uh, and in many cases, um, already simulates things like, uh, you know, focus planes, depth of field, uh, you know, exposure, all this kind of thing. So it's like, all right, if, if we already have this like extremely advanced camera built into our game, why can't we sort of expose some subset of those features to our players uh, because in mm-hmm. building the one mm-hmm. thing about games is that a lot of times the way features end up in games is because uh, putting in the work to build the tools makes developing the game easier. So, for example, like level editors um, in like platforming games, uh, it's it's common to build a level editor while you're developing the game because like you as the developer, it'll be easier to, you know, build levels if you have a level editor and it's like well we already have this tool if we put an extra shine on it we can give it to players and then that's a feature that's a selling point and so i think photo modes sort of the reason they become so ubiquitous is once people started doing it it was like well the amount of extra effort to do that is 
probably not crazy high. It's probably yeah, a lot yeah. less high than other features <laughs> and every other game has it. So why don't we just put it in there? Yeah, totally. I think, um, yeah, it, it makes total sense. Like it is something that has already been 90% implemented. So yeah, <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, the extra 10%, uh, not a high, uh, barrier for average big developer to overcome. And, um, you know, I, I liked the way you, um, uh, you sort of mentioned specifically that the, the developers really want to have the, the photo mode in there because of the sort of arms race about, uh, uh, graphics because it's, it, you know, yeah. yeah, it's not just about sharing your game. It's about like, look, we weren't kidding when we said our game was see all these players can show you. Look how freaking detailed our world is. Listen, uh, the better the better photo mode you have, the better the digital foundry video is going to be. And you all, <laughs> I mean, listen, we all know that digital foundry videos, you know, really going to be. So <laughs> yes, Truly. Um. I actually did just want to share while we're talking about like big, you know, triple A releases with a photo mode. I did want to share one of my kind of like my favorite photo mode experience, which is with um, uh, Shadow of the Colossus, the like uh, PS4 remake, uh, which is that that's one of my favorite games. And uh, while I was replaying it uh, in the remake, I thought it would be kind of fun because that game has a really good photo mode. And first of all, that game is already beautiful um, and kind of. Um, that's an interesting game because I feel like it was an early game that tried to use the camera more stylistically, uh, in, even in gameplay. Mm. Like if you look, uh, you know, as you're, um, as you're riding around on your horse, the camera kind of like pulls back and really you're like tiny on the screen and it kind of frames you up in a way that, you know, a movie might rather than just being like perfectly centered, you know, up in the sky, uh, right behind you with your you know, character right in the middle. It kind of like pulls it off to one side and will kind of like uh, there it's, it's an interesting camera system that it, it kind of didn't work because on the original PS2 version of the game, uh, you know, programming something so sophisticated was kind of like beyond the system's uh, capabilities, but it, it, it can recognize um, uh, like points of interest in the view and it will kind of try and like frame it up so that the characters in view and you've also framed like the point of interest so far, like uh, for example, there's like a big temple. So it'll kind of like move uh, the camera in such a way as to try and like keep the temple framed in a way that looks, you know, <laughs> cinematic, which is kind of cool. Um, but uh, anyway, all this to say it was already a cool visual game. And then they put in a really robust photo mode and I, I found it really enjoyable to, I kind of set a constraint for myself that for each of the, uh, Colossi, which are the, you know, like the uh, big, it's basically a game of 16 boss fights, right? Um, I would take a picture of, you know, the environment as I traveled to the Colossus, because that's a big part is like finding them in the environment. And then I would take a, another picture like of the Colossus while I was fighting it and trying to find, you know, the most beautiful uh, way to frame everything or like, as you're traveling, like, oh, this is a really pretty place. I should stop here and try and figure out what I can take a picture of. Was really was really fun, really enjoyable. I think it's the most time I've ever spent in a photo mode just because it was fun. And it, <laughs> I ended up sharing a lot of them on uh, Twitter. I had, like, a Twitter thread until I, like, 
got two thirds of the way through the game and then <laughs> fell off because I had other stuff going on. But um, so anyway, I just wanted to share that because uh, it was interesting because obviously that game is not, <laughs> was not originally built in 2005. It didn't have a photo mode. Uh, and mm-hmm. that certainly wasn't something on the mind of the developers, but yeah. by adding a photo mode, you sort of add this element that we talked about earlier of like, you know, the expression of photography and, you know, capturing subjects in an interesting way uh, to a game that didn't have it before, which I thought was really cool and worked really well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, um, it's funny. Uh, so you, you just talking about how much time you spent in the photo mode in that game. Uh, it's funny that we're doing this as our first trend because I cannot relate to that. <laughs> I do. I spend almost <laughs> no time in the photo modes in, of games I play. Uh, yeah. But also, to be fair, I don't take pictures in real life either. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah so see, I'm, th- I'm this a person has that- the advantage of the past week. I've thought more about photo modes in games than <laughs> a, a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely understand that like not everyone cares about like photo modes, which is fine. Uh I, I I really enjoy it. as a person who like has a sort of uh sideways not sideways but sort of a uh, a distanced interest in photography as in something that like I think it's really cool and I'd love to learn more about it but I just don't it's it's something that I like just don't have never felt really strongly compelled to like you know put down a bunch of money on a nice camera and just like take a camera around with me everywhere I go um even though like when I borrow someone else's, you know, like a friend of mine gets a new camera and I borrow it uh, and like, you know, fiddle with the settings, try and remember the book about cameras I had to read for like film 101 <laughs> in, in college to try and remember what all the settings do. And, you know, like take a pretty picture on my friend's camera so I can be like, look at this pretty picture. Um, I, I do really enjoy it. So uh, photo modes are a great way for me, a sort of like, um, uh, toe dipper in photography to yeah, I mean, that's, dip my toe in a virtual world that's really accessible and you're capable. Really good it, for it taking makes, pictures. <laughs> yeah, it makes you, it, you're able to take really interesting, cool pictures in, you know, make-believe worlds that you already love hanging out in. It's I think it's really fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm it's also, the classic, uh, you know, video game uh fantasies like making you better at this thing than you ever could be in real life but in a way that it still feels like uh you know it's not doing it for you it's still a challenge and still something you have to learn and experiment with but it doing it in a context where you um you know you have much more capacity than you would in maybe in real life so yeah yeah totally also shouts out to uh uh, games that um, let you flip, uh, take a selfie. I know uh, Judgment uh. lets you do that, and the uh, the the recent Spider-Man games let you like flip. If you if you turn there's a there's like modes for saying like okay I'm gonna I'm holding up my phone and taking a picture of myself, and like in the Spider-Man one you can like make peace signs at the camera and stuff. I that's think that's funny. Fun. And actually another uh, bonus point in Judgment is that if you um so like the photo mechanic and that thing is like yeah you just pull out your phone and you have it in the camera 
And if you are walking around in first person pointing it around, people on the street, like people will cover their face or some people will like make a peace sign at you or do a little pose. Uh, and I just oh, think that's, that's great. Fun. I just think that's fun. So um, do you have any other uh, thoughts about photography in, in video games? Um, no, I think, uh, I think we've exhausted my prepared statement. So there you go. <laughs> well, then that has been our, our first Edgeguard seminar. Huh? Yes. Edgeguard uh, seminar what did everybody number one learn? finished. So, uh, your homework is due next week, uh, listeners. So, um, I, on a, I, I mean, on a serious note, make sure been, to read chapter been, three. <laughs> no, I, I, I was going to say on a serious note, <laughs> we have been, uh, uh, you know, trying to get, uh, more people to, you know, reach out to us and engage and no one has. So uh, you listener that's listening right now, send us an email, tweet at us. Our email is edgeguardpodcast at gmail.com. Our Twitter is uh, edgeguardcast. edgeguardcast. Yeah. You know, hit us up, man. Talk to yeah, us about what, photography What are your thoughts games. about the, about photography, uh, photography modes in games that are not about photography or uh, games that are about photography? Um, we'd love to love to hear your thoughts. And you know what? send us your best in-game photographs. Yeah, sure. Why not? Boom. You know, <laughs> do it. Um, we should tell the people about what game we're going to play for next week. Uh, yes, we which should, is... which is a interesting <laughs> name, but this uh -huh. is, um, a quote unquote game called frog clan official server, 24 seven ZK map for stranger. And what <laughs> is that? You may ask. It is a, uh, I'm not actually sure what it, it, game it calls world itself it's supposed an, to be. It, it, it calls itself an anti-climbing game. Yes, and I think that it what on not a meta Doom, level, but it looks like it's. It I think it's supposed to be like a quake. Oh, quake server. That makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or it could even be like Counter Strike. I think it. it I think it has uh, similar vibes to like, um, uh, what is it? Surfing or um, uh, yeah, KZ. Yeah that uh that are like uh you know deep movement mechanics that but some you of the like the ui assets look like they could have been actually from a real game yeah yeah i mean i think i think it's meant to evoke those kinds of like late 90s pc shooter with a with a healthy modding community and uh but it is not actually that uh i yes. thought it might be like a straight up like rip or no, I, I thought I thought it might be like you have to own <laughs> Quake Two or oh, something to, play and, it. <laughs> to be able to run this, but uh, no, it is it is a, a separate game made in Unity. But um, it looks weird. Uh, it looks really hard, um, so it might be extremely frustrating. Uh, but I think it'll be weirdly frustrating uh, if it is so, and that's fun <laughs> sometimes, you know. Yes, yes, it is. Um, and, uh, it's not even on like itch or anything. We're just downloading a zip file. So that's always a, we've had a few games on the podcast. We've had to do that. So that's always, always a good time. Yeah. Bennett, Bennett Foddy shared it on his blog. That's not dot fun, uh, where he recommends, uh, weird ass games. Um, and this one caught my eye. So we'll be playing that next week. Uh, please engage with us on Twitter or email. Please, our families are dying because we need listeners to, to talk to us. You I know, think reach out from the void. Thank Scream God out. we don't. <laughs> Actually, if only. Yes, we we. But we do. Um, when we do have people uh, reach out to us, it's always 
Um, we always really value it and look forward to it. So, um, definitely uh, hit us up. So yeah, we'll play um, Frog Clan official server uh, in two weeks' time. Um, we'll look out for messages from you. Follow us at Edgeguard Pass on Twitter, and we will talk to you then. Thank you.